0: a talk experiential podcast. We got Mike Brandt from uh, Mile Zero, founder and CEO. Uh, Thanks for joining.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for
0: having me, Joey. Appreciate it. Yeah, well, we just recently worked together at the Taste of Colorado here in Denver. And it's interesting how kind of Similar backgrounds and similar people we know throughout the years, so it's it's a small industry.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Even connecting on this podcast, I mean, it's funny that we did a deal together at the Taste, and now we're uh, we're sitting here chatting. It's, it's exactly, small world. Right.
0: What a small world. Well, I'd love to dive in. Kind of the conversation is going to be around sponsorship. Obviously, you have a, a huge sponsorship background, but love to love to hear about your background.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Like I mentioned before, you know, we I got my start in baseball, uh, started in minor league baseball. That's where I wanted to kind of cut my teeth and start on the sales side of of professional baseball. And I worked for a team called the Normal Cornbelters out in uh, Normal, Illinois during grad school and uh, started to work there, got a job with the Royals and started to do some corporate sponsorship with the Royals and realized it was kind of not really the path I wanted to take. Um, you know, ultimately, I wanted to get to the Sox or the Cubs being a Chicago boy, but and ultimately in, in professional sports you kind of go where the jobs are at and ultimately you know I wanted to stay home that's where my wife and my family's at and had an opportunity to come on with a company called Red Frog events in Chicago um, I was able to kind of cut my teeth there and really help from a sponsorship perspective build their business from the ground up. Um, I got in when Red Frog was kind of a, a tiny little company and it was starting to really grow and blossom and Word Ash was in full swing at that point. And a few years later we launched Firefly Music Festival on the East Coast and had the opportunity to sell sponsorships for that festival for a handful of years. And as I grew with my time at Red Frog, I said, you know, I really want to do this for myself or really help people in this industry and in the, the festival industry and in the event space from a sponsorship perspective, and really help them build their business. And that's kind of where the idea of Mile Zero grew. And I was able to connect with a few event producers in the Midwest and they really, they had nobody doing it. And there was really a hole um, from their sponsorship perspective and had a lot going on and was able to kind of dive in and Utilize the contacts and the, you know, the folks I've met along the way at Red Frog and Firefly and really tap into, you know, the, the relationships that I would built over those last, you know, four to five years and helped the the group that I was working with in the Midwest with their festivals. And it kind of just, you know, spiraled from there. And, you know, a lot of it now is just it's been word of mouth. Folks that I've done work with or clients that I've done work with have referred us to, you know, their their event folks or friends or, you know, people in the industry. And that's kind of how we grew mile zero. and um, that's kind of where we're at today.
0: Awesome. Well, congrats. That's uh, Thank you. pretty, pretty neat to be able to go, you know, from these bigger programs. And I feel like I've, I, we've actually stacked a few things. I mean, we did, we never worked together at Red Frog, but we, uh, I, I, we did a bunch with the Firefly yep. Music Festival. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, and I mean, even knowing, you know, Natalie on the marketing side, and a lot of folks that we've, you know, come across the, you know, our passive cross definitely. And now they're obviously crossing on another level, which is pretty cool too, from a sponsorship perspective
0: yeah absolutely so it looks like you guys do you guys work with festivals all across the country and how many how many festivals are your festivals and events are you guys working with
1: i mean it kind of ranges you know some i'd say at our peak right now we're probably at 15 properties um, across the country you know we we really started in core music festivals that's kind of where we started the business and helping you know the standard music festival where you know two three day music festival with a camping element Um, And kind of started to kind of spin off to these taste of festivals and other areas that we found that really need help, you know, that have a a huge demographic or a huge attendance, like the Taste of Colorado, for example. You know, they've got 500,000 people, and, um, you know, there's a huge opportunity from a sponsorship perspective there. And I think, you know, we're starting to identify some underserved industries where, you know, the potential for sponsorship is really great, but no one's really identified it. And I think that's kind of the route we're taking now as a company is identifying those, you know, events or festivals that we really can, you know, make a, a splash in from a sponsorship perspective. Awesome.
0: You know, just with your experience, I mean, you've been in it for quite a while, and you've seen different brands, you know, wanting to activate different things. What are you seeing right now with brands and what their kind of goals? Have things changed over the years of, you know, what they're looking for and what they're wanting? Or uh, I'd love to get your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I think, you know, back in the day, it used to be as easy as just to sign up on a, you know, a billboard or, you know, a banner at an event or a festival. And now it, it it's certainly changing. I mean, people, people want to be engaged, you know, they want something that they're excited about. They, you know, they come to the festival and there's, there's music, there's food, there's other activities that go on. And a sponsorship is just, you know, their layer on top of that event. And I think brands are realizing, wow, we've got to do something more creative to engage these folks and to really bring them to our space, as opposed to, you know, just throwing up a sign on the main stage or a logo on the main stage. These brands are investing a lot of money in these really cool experiential activations that, you know, have a sampling component and then it's a drive to retail or, um, you know, we just worked with a, a brand called Kavita kombucha had a two story, um, activation where you can go, you could sample a flight of kombucha, three different flavors, and then go up and watch music from their second platform on top of the activation. So things like that, I think people are really resonating with, uh, you know, resonating with the millennials and the groups that are really coming to these festivals. And those brands are, I think are realizing that it needs to be more, Um, engaging, you know, from an experience standpoint
0: right well and especially this day and age just with technology out there how do you get in front of millennials i think millennials i don't know if you, if you see it but millennials have been a huge target for brands how do you get in front of them you know they they kind of have the biggest bucket of opportunity so that's why a lot of brands are are looking to target those i mean i know brands like Verizon has literally changed their logo and yep. their whole focus on millennials but like for a for a sponsorship I guess, do you guys see the bigger activations or uh, a a bigger type of presence they're wanting, you know, compared to like a 10 by 10 booth at these? Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I, you know, I think those are the most successful of the brands that are investing, you know, some dollars on the activation piece of things and not just popping up a 10 by 10. And, um, you know, those are obviously successful for certain brands. Um, But, you know, brands that are willing to invest a little bit of money to bring something that's really cool and unique to the festival. And then on top of that, not only activate on site, but, you know, from start to finish um, and telling that full story, because there's still, you know, they want to, ideally, you want to capture, you know, somebody that's pre-festival during the ticketing process, on site, post-festival, and keep those people's, you know, engagement and attention throughout, um, you know, the course of the span of the sponsorship. And I think brands that do that do it well, um, you know, from social perspective, from a marketing perspective and really build a whole campaign around, you know, what they're actually doing on site and really doing a, a really good sponsorship from that perspective, um, I think is really important.
0: Right. Absolutely. Very cool. What's some of the big events are you guys working on right now?
1: So, we just wrapped obviously the taste of Colorado um this past Labor Day weekend. we're starting to obviously gear up now for twenty nineteen, which is crazy that we're not even in October yet, but right. you know we're certainly in our sales cycle for for that festival. Um you know, we've got a few festivals in Vegas on the craft beer side um, that we'll be activating here in the next couple months. Um, and then again, just rolling over some new, Uh, clients that we're in the process of talking to, we're excited to roll out some new properties and some new clients that we'll be onboarding here in the next couple months. And, you know, I think from our perspective, we're obviously hitting the ground running from a sponsorship perspective, but now is a time where events and festivals are starting to reach out to companies like us and say, hey, look, we know this is the time we should be really hitting sponsors. Let's have a conversation and really start that process. So, you know, that's kind of been our focus, uh, you know, from year to year is we obviously start our current sales cycle with the clients we have. And now we're starting to talk to you know, new potential clients, um, you know starting to onboard those folks as, as the coming months progress here.
0: If you are an agency or brand that has human engagement at your live events, please check out Airfresh Marketing's Certified Vendor Partnership Program's new platform that is helping clients win more business, helping them put on higher quality events, and spend a lot less time training and interacting with staff please go to www.airfreshmarketing.com backslash partnerships. Perfect. So I guess that's a great topic that you brought up is, you know, right now, usually right now is almost, I wouldn't say behind the ball uh, for next year, but like a lot of brands are looking for next year, 2019. You know, you you can't just throw this together. I mean, you you might have a spot or whatnot, but, you know, experiential marketing, anything physical takes a lot of time and effort to put together. But I guess, do you have any like tips for these brands looking for festivals to be at that you've kind of seen that might be beneficial for them
1: from a brand perspective?
0: Yeah, from a brand perspective.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think there's a lot of, I think it, it probably has to come from a, a couple of different angles, right? What, what you're really, or who you're really looking at target from a demographic perspective. Right. And then, you know, boil it down from, are we looking to target people at music festivals? Are we looking at craft and food festivals? Are we looking at, you know, five K's sporting events? You know, it kind of just depends on what their goals are from a marketing perspective. And I think when the brand starts to realize, okay, this is the budget we have, this is what, we're trying to target and this is what our activation looks like now let's go out and find those events and that's really you know where our core focus is obviously client driven and you know Mm -hmm. supporting the events and festivals we work with but ultimately too we want to be a resource for those brands and those agencies that are looking for properties like the ones we represent and educate those folks too and say look we've got you know a slew of different things going on that might fit what you're trying to do let's have that conversation because we want to be a resource you know, for your brand or the agency looking for, you know, these types of events and festivals. And I think we've had some good success with that, you know, saying, hey, look, we've got the food festival. We've got some music festivals. We've got some food festivals. Tell us what you're looking to do. And we'll make some, you know, really concise decisions on where we think you guys should be from a brand perspective and, you know, your overall goals from a marketing perspective.
0: Right. No, very cool. And I know that, so you guys do a little bit more than just the sponsorship. So you guys work with the event management. You you guys are pretty much event management for like, let's just talk about Taste of Colorado, for instance. You guys kind of put the whole show on?
1: Yeah. So we don't just sell in a sponsorship and say, here you go, guys, you know, activate it. I mean, we're, we're truly soup to nuts. I mean, from start to finish, you know, we'll sell in a sponsorship and then we'll obviously activate it on site. And then another part of our business too is event operations. And that's ultimately, you know, from our perspective, we want to start getting into our own events and start producing our own festivals and really working with brands to say, look, we know what kind of brands are looking for. And from an event perspective, let's start to build some things around that and really make an experience that really ties into what some of these brands are looking for from an event perspective. But yeah, obviously, from my time at Red Frog and what we've done at these other events, you know, we're not afraid to get on a forklift and set up tents and tables and chairs. And, you know, it's it's. I think it also is helpful to have that event experience then coming on site and realizing, you know, this is what it takes to help get a sponsor set up or this is a really high traffic spot from an event perspective. This is where we should be putting this brand or this activation based on, you know, the flow of the festival or where we really think this is going to be a success for the brand. So I think having that understanding from the event perspective is also helpful when, you know, obviously selling in these event partnerships as well
0: yeah no absolutely Uh, that experience is definitely key this is kind of a random question but like for from you like i said you've done this quite a while what's what's kind of the coolest activation you've seen it doesn't have to be the one that you've done or just like kind of kind of just a broad question man Uh, that's i know i know it's tough
1: (laughs) that's such a loaded question um no i you know we've we've obviously worked with a lot of cool brands you know a lot of cool activations i think one of the most fun ones I think that I had the the opportunity to work on was with Garnier Fructis at Firefly um, a handful of years ago. They set up this really cool activation where you go take a shower in the campgrounds and then you come and they'd style your hair. They'd have all the sorts of products. And um, it was really basically like this beauty bar, but it was this 40 by 40 foot tent where, you know, when you're at a festival for three or four days and you're sweating and you're not really showering because you're camping for three days in 95 degree weather, it's pretty cool to be able to say, hey, Look at Garnier. They've got all this free product. They're gonna, you know, help me do my hair up for the rest of the festival and kind of refresh you for the next couple of days. So, I think not only from an, an attendee perspective, the experience is great, but from a brand perspective, I think that was a really good sponsorship because, you know, you're not just putting a logo on a t-shirt or handing out a bandana, right? You're really engaging the the, the consumer, the participant at the festival. You're offering something that's really beneficial and really, you know, ultimately I. I still use Garnier Furtis, no joke, you know, and and at our home, just from that partnership, we had so much free product and now that's all my wife buys. So I think that's just kind of a good example of a really good start to finish partnership where, you know, they had a great activation, a great, you know, engagement from a consumer standpoint. And I think that really is going to allow, you know, people at Firefly or across the board now use Garnier Furtis because they had such a good experience with, you know, that brand on site.
0: Yeah. Oh, very cool. Regarding experiential marketing, um, I've seen a lot of, uh, even just the last year or two, I've seen a lot more companies taking their ad spend from digital and taking it to a physical level. Have you seen a a jump here the last couple of years of more people wanting to to be able to be at these events and be at their target market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of the reason is just, you know, we're so we don't have enough time in a day. Right. And our our attention is all over the place with emails and Instagram and Facebook and social media. And um, I I think actually engaging someone on site, you know, they're there for a reason, right? They either want to see music or, you know, they paid a a fee to get into a festival. And I think brands are realizing, wow, this is a really captive audience. If we could do something that is, um, you know, ties into the festival in in a really organic way, Let's let's talk to these people on the ground and give them something or a call to action and then drive back to, like I said, retail or social media then on the back end. And I think, you know, people get to site or at an event and they're, you know, they're all over the place. They want to see everything and engage with people. And um, from a sponsorship perspective, I think that's been really beneficial for a lot of brands is to, you know, maybe get a product in somebody's hands or, um, you know, a coupon or just engage them and educate them about a new product or maybe something that they're pushing for, you know, the following year or that current year even. So, yeah. I, yeah, I mean that's that's certainly, you know, that's our core business really is, you know, setting up these activations and allowing, you know, folks to come on site and set up these cool experiences and obviously on the back end tying in other assets with digital and social and marketing and that sort of thing, but the on-site piece I think has been super important for a lot of these brands in the last I'd say, you know, 4 to 5 years.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's just going to continue because you know, it's just going conti- to the digital side is just going to continue to be almost too much for you. And, right. You know, being able to just get that captive audience, like you mentioned, just have that like have a spark in their mind. Man, I I'm going to remember this forever, but then have a brand attached to it that's meaningful and kind of focus on them. I think that's that's huge.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely
0: regarding like Taste of Colorado there's there's a lot of vendors too right i got a chance to walk around there it's a, it's an interesting type of activation just cuz there's there's some itch, i don't know it's different type of just mom and pop shops that kind of yep. you know jump in i think their goal more is just for daily revenue i assume right compared to like uh like a brand like Boss Coffee that we did. You know, they, they want to push Boss Coffee. We wanted to do two things. We wanted to get people to try a new product that no one's tried before. Um, and then also a social media aspect, uh, whether post it or like their page. Yeah, I guess with just with the vendors, I guess, you know, what we do is it is not cheap, right? Like even being, in a, being a sponsor isn't cheap, but it can like really differentiate where you're going and Figure out exactly where your target is. So I guess I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on on that? On how are these mom and pop shops are doing, or compared to like a bigger brand?
1: Yeah, and, and absolutely. And I think there's maybe that misconception too of what a vendor and what a sponsor are. Right. Um, you know, I, I think people say, "Well, f- we want to be a vendor," but I think those those two, you know, names are kind of interchangeable. When I think they're a little different. You know, when you kind of look at it from kind of what your point was, where. I I kind of call you know those mom and pop shops or the folks that want to sell you know their trinkets or maybe you know beef jerky or whatever they're doing from you know something crafty or or what have you you know those those vendors have a place in the marketplace at the Taste of Colorado and I think they're a little bit different than you know a boss coffee or a sponsor um, that's setting up a, a large activation or sampling a product I, I think there's two you know two differentiations where you know, a mom and pop might just be paying, you know, a couple hundred bucks to set up a 10 by 10 and showcase their, you know, wh- whatever their offering is and, and make a, you know, a, a profit on that at the Taste of Colorado or a Boss Coffee or a Cavita or a Frito-Lay where, you know, they're, they're pushing something from a marketing perspective, right, where it's a little bit larger, where, you know, we've got this new product that we're really launching and we've got a whole marketing campaign around it. And, you know, brands like Boss or Cavita have identified Denver as a market and said, okay, now we want to be at the Taste of Colorado. These are the folks we want to talk to because ultimately, you know, we're looking to enter this market in a big way. Um, And now we're able to talk to all these folks on site. We're allowing them to try the product. And now, hey, all of a sudden, you're going to go to King Supers or a store and it's going to be all over the shelves. And, you know, hopefully those folks now try that. So, um, you know, I think there's a little bit of a differentiator between what a true vendor is and what a sponsor is. Um, You know, there's obviously some gray lines there and everyone's kind of looking for, you know, they get the word out about their brand or their name or their product. But, um, you know, ultimately, I think from a sponsorship perspective, it's a little bit of a deeper level where, you know, they're really activating around this entire activation. It's not just, all right, we're going to set up a tent and let's sample some product, right? We're going to try, like you said, get some drive traffic to Facebook or, you know, increase our presence on social or, you know, we've got a new product that we're offering. Um, So that's, that's, I think there's a little bit of a differentiator there between those two.
0: Well, awesome. Well, Mike, it was awesome having you on. And it was was a real pleasure working with you. You you guys put on a great event um, and hope we can do some more and hopefully have you on another podcast and meet you in Chicago. uh, Hopefully, Yeah,
1: absolutely. Joy, I I appreciate the time man. it's great to great to connect. I'm I'm excited as our first uh, first podcast and it was with uh, with you and talk experiential. So we're uh, we're excited that you had us on and and absolutely. We're excited to keep chatting and uh, hopefully we can do this again sometime.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much, Mike.
1: Cool. All right, Joe. We'll talk soon.
0: Take care.
1: All right. Bye. Bye.
0: If you like what we're doing with Talk Experiential Podcasts, please make sure you five-star it and review it. Also, please share it on Facebook and Twitter or any other social media outlets. Please tell your friends who you think that will get value out of our podcast. Your support will help continue the success of Talk Experiential.